Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Life of Fight. We are a podcast that talks about taxes, finance strategies. <laughs> oh, no, I got to go. Your bottom line in sales and marketing. <laughs> He's lying. He's lying, you guys, because frankly, if that was what it was about, I would delete this podcast forever. I hate that stuff. It, yeah, if, if that was. Maybe what not it was marketing. About, we, they like marketing. <laughs> yeah, we'd have zero stars as our review. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thanks as always, guys, for uh, tuning into uh, our podcast. I'm David. I'm Heidi. And we're still coming at you from the Zooniverse, the Zoomiverse. <laughs> so we're, we're oh not officially gosh. back in our in our uh, in our studios yet because not just social distancing, just because we're working from home now. So we're, we're trying to do as much as we can. And I know Heidi's had a very you know busy past couple months, and I have too. So. Hopefully this is still sufficient and we can get the great sound and quality that we had in our other studio, at least close enough to it so that you guys can sit back, do your chores, uh, get your favorite soft drink and enjoy the show. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And, you know, I just want to say before we get going, um, you know, to all of you who reach out to me and send messages, especially difficult messages, I just, you know, I just want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for being a support to me, I want to thank you for listening and allowing it to change you. Um, I don't know why, but in the last week, you know, I didn't record with David last week. So in the last two weeks, um, a lot of people have found the podcast and have reached out sharing just, you know, how impactful it is. And I think that those of you who have been listening all along, and I know that there's a lot of you who have been listening all along and staying with us and you might not remember what it was like initially when you started listening to podcasts and then you start making these little changes and it's so rewarding and energizing to me when I get these messages that are like holy cow I didn't know this I didn't know this I changed this um mixed in with a lot of difficult messages the last couple of weeks have been some wonderful wins and this unique time in our universe is giving us a lot of opportunities to really lean into our relationships um it can it can go both ways and um i think what we're finding is that it may go one way and then the next day it goes the other way and then the next day, you got to bring it on back. Um, I am so thankful for what I know from this podcast. Um, so thank you for listening, hanging in, for encouraging us. Um, quick, just shout out to 1-800-CONTACTS who has been with us from the beginning um, that make this podcast possible 
and also make it so that I have these glasses that allow me to see when I'm scrapbooking. So I appreciate that. <laughs> um, as well, I appreciate the relationships that we have at 1-800. And um, I think just in particular, the last couple of weeks, I've just been reminded how much this podcast, being part of this podcast, being part of your lives as listeners, um, having David and Brandon as partners has just been a huge blessing in my life. And I just, I just want to go on record with that. So thank you all um, for being here. Well, thank you, Heidi. And uh, I'd like to say the same thing. Thanks to all the listeners out there. I definitely, uh, gosh, I've remembered a lot from doing this podcast. So I'm really happy about that. <laughs> I always refer back to different episodes to help me remember what was that one thing that helped that one family out a long time ago. I think we did an episode on that. I'll go scroll through the episodes last Brandy's well, episode 26 or 59. I'm okay. Go back. And I'm like, Oh, that's what I got to do. I can't remember half the stuff that we've talked about throughout the years, Heidi, that I talked about, you know, lots of different people throughout the years. So um, I'm really happy and really stoked that the podcast it gives me a reason to go back and clear out some of, you know, the files in my filing cabinet in my brain remember this stuff because I think this is good stuff. I think it's, it's helpful for any mom, any parent out there that's just wanting a better relationship with their family members and their loved ones. You so know, having, um, having said that though, David, I still freaking, I still freaking freak out. Oh, you freak I'm still, out? I'm still not a non-freaker outer. I still have freaking out problems. Even though I know these things. Because you yeah. know the game, the game just ups every time. If you need some numbers for some referrals, I can have you uh, find. <laughs> <laughs> I can find. I can find someone that can kind of help you with the whole entire freaking out thing. Or you can listen to this podcast called Light the Fight. Right. Better yet, right. you should show up to the next workshop that Light the Fight's putting on, Heidi. Well, when um, is that? Because <laughs> first of all, you should show up if we next one we do. By the way, you guys, you know that's one thing we should put out there. Um, if anyone is planning on being in um, the Salt Lake area and the stars align, and we're allowed to have a gathering of more than a certain amount of people, um, please just email us and message us. You know, we'd like to see if there's a. I, I know people have wanted to do more workshops with everything that's going on, though it's so hard to plan anything right now. So if, if anyone's out there, say, hey, I haven't come to a workshop. I'd love to come one next time you guys plan one in the future. We'd just like to hear from you if you'd like us to do one in, sometime in the future. Obviously, you know, if, if you know, health permitting, and, you know, with everything with uh, COVID-19. Yeah, that, I could use a workshop right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Heidi, Heidi made up this word that she wanted to talk to you guys about, um, something that she's been struggling with. And if you guys knew the podcast, Heidi is our – our emotional and mental correspondent. She goes out. She has real life struggles, real life insecurities. She doesn't make up these insecurities, you guys. These are real life insecurities, hot out, hot out of her brain. <laughs> I mean, and uh, you think I'd be better by now? But um, anyway, so this big surprise thing. It's, I think it's a word she might have made up. It's called anxiety, or over anxious. <laughs> <laughs> Or at least one of your ancestors, we did a genealogy on who came up with that terminology. It might, you know, might trace back to one of your ancestors. So well, why don't you kind of share with what we were talking about right before the podcast started and um, let's take it from there. I don't know, you guys, do you, I think that there's a lot of people that identify as somebody with anxiety, like, you know that about yourself. 
Um, the thing about the word anxiety and the word depression is that it's, it's on a scale, right? And so there can be people with, with really serious anxiety that is inhibiting them from doing things that they need to do all the way up to, you know, maybe having anxiety about taking a test or driving in bad weather or, you know, dark or circumstantial things, you know, like, so anxiety is this word that we toss around a lot. Um, it's not something that I have overly identified with. Um, I think the word stress and, you know, David, I don't know if that's something that, that you could kind of weigh in on just really quick. If you kind of would talk about the difference between stress and anxiety in the way that you see it. Well, stress often is something that, you know, something that's pressing us, something that's feeling like there's like, um, like we have to accomplish or achieve something. Anxiety could be just simply worrying about a scenario that we have no control over. Um, anxiety is usually more put towards uh, as like um, kind of like a notifier that um, something is of need to pay attention to. And, you know, and these are not obviously the Wikipedia versions of them. I'm just trying to help people see the difference between it. And stress is something, if you feel like stress, like pressed, like feeling something like pressing upon you now, stress and anxiety, they're not really that much different either too. Like stress and anxiety, they come hand in hand, like shampoo and conditioner. Like they're, right. they're, they're both like, if you're stressed, it could give you lots of anxiety. If you have anxiety, this could increase your stress, much like similar with depression and anxiety, where if you have a lot of depression, it will create anxiety is one of, you know, one of those things that can happen from it. And if you have a lot of anxiety, it can cause you to become depressed. So they're, they're similar in, in a lot of ways, but one I like to look is more pressing and the other one I look to, like to look is more worrying. So I have always considered myself as a, like maybe more in the stressed category, yeah. you know, maybe because of work pressure. Um, a lot of the times it's the pressure I put on myself. And so I like that you, you said that because pressure is definitely, um, I appreciate that distinction because well, well, I, I consider myself stressed out. One thing I want but, to add on there, if, if, if you look at a successful person, a person who prides himself on working hard, it's a lot easier for that person to feel comfortable with someone or if they describe themselves like, man, I'm really stressed. I have a lot of stress means I have a lot of things I'm trying to accomplish. But if someone says, hey, I have a lot of anxiety. See how the two sound different? Yeah. And so you stress, as a person that likes to, likes to see yourself. Stress maybe feels like, right. Yeah. And, so people that are more go-getters, it's like stress is something they can wear on their sleeve. Like I'm stressed. Anxiety is not, that's almost like a sign of some sort of weakness. Right. And so to say you have anxiety, a lot of times people aren't trying to frame it in anxiety because they're trying to frame it that it's not anxiety. And they're just really, you know, they're working twice as hard as everybody else. And no one's going to get it done if they don't get it done. And, and so then the stress is something that they can hold on like a badge of honor where the anxiety is something that's a little bit more associated with a mental illness, more associated with weakness and vulnerability, not in a good way either. So we know that stress is a component of depression. Um, so I, like I said, I've always considered myself stressed out, but not necessarily anxious or with anxiety issues. Um, so I met my 
and and that's not to say I haven't felt anxious or I would call it maybe more stressed, but but there's been things in my circumstances that have really like have really met my anxiety. And um What do you what do you mean met your anxiety? Well I'm just curious, I don't understand what you mean by it. I handled these certain circumstances so much different than the way that I handle stress. Um, so in my family, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing bad, but there's been um, a couple of circumstances that have pushed, that have, uh, that are weighing on me to be the the driving force behind a couple of of major things in in my life not bad things I, like so I, I don't want anybody I, I i can't be super implicit about everything but one of them i will tell you and it seems kind of weird but my daughter um, Quincy, you've heard me talk about Quincy. She went into the home MTC. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with the missionary program of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, Quincy is serving, put in, put in to serve an 18-month mission. Normally, you go to an, a missionary training center for a certain amount of time where you're trained in language and to be a missionary. And because of the COVID situations, they've closed all the missionary training centers and all the the LDS temples and um, these missionaries are training in their homes on Zoom. And um, okay, and I and I know it sounds kind of crazy, and and this is me like I'm super dismissive, like I shouldn't have even been stressed about it. But the fact that I was then responsible to provide this heavenly centered experience for my daughter the super spiritual transformative experience in her life i felt super anxious like how was i going to do this how was i going to change everything how was i going to get everybody to participate how was i going to make this place a slice of heaven how was i going to be myself be my, myself elevate myself to be in this missionary training situation and oh my gosh you guys it it just it wiped me out in a really unusual way. Super emotional. Zapped me of all my energy. I couldn't think. The other things that I would normally be able to do at the same time, it was too much. I was drowning. And I, there was nobody that I could ask for help because it was these issues that were mine. I couldn't ask somebody to come and help me calm down or help me perceive it in a different way because I, I, I was super worried. Now, fast forward. It came. She got, we call it set apart. I set up a little room for her. I got her what she needed. We're going on three weeks and it's been fine. And we still watch our Netflix shows and, you know, excuse me, go and come as we need to. and. Quincy's thriving and all this anxiety that I had, all this fear of what was going to happen 
was in fact unnecessary. So fast forward a couple weeks, two weeks after Quincy's in the hospital or Quincy's in the MTC, um, my son Colton had had a surgery that we've been anticipating since he was born. And um, man, did I ever meet my anxiety again. And I say meet it because this, I didn't, I hadn't experienced this. And so my kids explained what happened is that they explained that I turned into this, that I had a rage is what they were calling it. So that when I was cleaning, when I was folding laundry, when I was doing what I do, I was snippy and um, they call it rage cleaning. And then I was I'm just so laughing because you said I was snippy and they call it rage. <laughs> <laughs> right? and so then, I, get, I get the metaphor. <laughs> so then I was so mad at everybody, like literally one tip, like, like no chill, no, none. So I decided to go hiking. They call it rage hiking, which in, in fact hiking. it was. I like, I, I had a, a PR on this particular trail. I didn't stop. I sobbed from the top, bottom of the trail to the top of the trail. And I got home and the next day was the surgery that I had to be at the hospital at 545 and had a few nights of zero sleep. And that anxiety sucked every ounce of life out of me in order to cope with what I needed to cope with. There was no None, zero, total, not a blessing or help or preparation or anything that came except for scaring my family. And me, myself, being extremely scared. And so I was talking about with a friend who said, you know, depression is like regret of things that have happened or sadness for things that have happened in the past. And anxiety or unresolved is, grief, like, like what the name Johan says. Right. No, same anxiety is more fear, unresolved feelings for what's going to happen. And um, I realized that I was so afraid of what was going to happen and what was going to be expected of me and whether or not I was going to be able to show up for it because I've never had this before. These were things that I just never faced before. And I felt like it was on me to make sure everything was, was going to go smoothly. Whereas if I would have, <laughs> I can't even believe I'm saying this out loud on this podcast, you guys, but if I, if I would have stayed calm, it would have been so, much better so in the past when i thought about freaking out it was stabbing the balls it was losing my temper when something happened and i you know it set me off this was pure freaking out for things that hadn't even happened yet and um it was just as destructive um And I really wish that I could have, I don't, I don't know, known more, been better prepared, 
I, I don't, I don't know. Um, but you know, as per usual, like nothing good comes from freaking out. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you explained everything that happened because it's, it's easy to see, like you said, the difference between when you're just freaking out, just solely out of like, this is unfair. You know, I, this is horrible. I shouldn't have to clean up after you guys. And, and just you slowly get that point where like you can't take more and you blow at your top. This is definitely coming from a very much more, in my opinion, comes from much more of a primitive, like survival type of, you know, freaking out, um, which is like, uh, so for example, if, if someone is in a situation where, you know, they, they lose a loved one and their whole entire life changes, it may not even be in the same way that you lost your son, Corey, but if someone loses someone, it's tragic and their whole entire life changes because the death of that person. Now that that person can easily associate major life change as there is a death coming or there is a change of everything coming. And so if there's a change of everything coming, then you have to better worry about everything that could possibly change and prepare yourself for that. This definitely to me, and you know, like we always say on this, this podcast, this is not therapy. I'm giving you Heidi. This is not telling you what's wrong, but you know, this could be, you know, simply not, I shouldn't say just this by itself simply, but this could be just a lot of unresolved trauma, you know, both the grief of your son and, and we talked about before the podcast and hopefully you don't mind me sharing. It's just a few weeks, just a few weeks out now of it being five years since your son has, has, has passed on. And in that time, you know, every year you come around, it's like the defining point. Okay. How much have you changed in a year? You'll tell me all the time. Okay. This is what I thought I was going to get done this year. And here's what I really got done. Like this is the ultimate accountability for you, Heidi. Every year you check your, you check your, what have I done this year list? And it is so like, dang it. And you've never got close to where you thought you wanted to be. Or some years that you progressed the most, I didn't expect anything this year. And I, I improved by leaps and bounds. Right. And so you're, you're gearing up for this, but in the sense of this time of year and it being, you know, a, a big important year because fives, you know, five, 10, 15, 20, these are all big monumental years for some reason. And you take all that into consideration. Then you throw in the fact that when you had your whole entire life change, there was trauma associated with that. And when you ever see someone just working out a pure survival and they, they don't have time to feel bad for themselves, they may look pissed off while they're working. They may look like they're raging. They may look like they're angry. And I'm just, I'm just happy for you that you're able to see the difference right now of you just having bad habits of, you know, freaking out as a parent, because I think you're bad habits. You've really gotten past that quite a bit. We've talked about this. You freak out so much less than you used to because you're conscious. You're aware. So the thing though, I'm, I don't freak out about when things happen as much, you know, yeah, okay, exactly, yeah. we came late, we got a bad grade, like yeah. that stuff I don't care about. But this was me almost dealing with me. You know, the fact is you can't level up until you know things, right? So like even in a video game, you can't go to the next level until you've learned all about that level that you're on, right? And then when you go to the next level, you're at the very bad, you're at the very bottom of that level. I think that it's, it's interesting to me um, these experiences have 
you know, you said notification. The, these two experiences happening so close. They're happening with my older children. They're good things that are happening. They're not yeah. things that I'm upset about. But it's eliciting this major <sighs> anxious feelings. And maybe moms who have experienced like kids getting married or going off to college or some of these things that you want them to do. Maybe somehow you know that you can't control it. And so you freaking out is, is what you can control. I, 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 don't, I don't totally know. But what I do know is that having these two experiences so close together, having my kids come to me and saying, Mom, stop it. Because we have, this, this will make me cry too, because we have relationships that they can come to me and they can say, Mom, you got to stop it. Because, you know, that night after the rage hike, before I had to get up for this surgery, um, my two kids, Quincy and Colton, sat me down. And they're like, what is going on? We ought to talk about this. And I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to tell them that, you know, that I was afraid. I didn't want to tell them that. I didn't know how how to do this, you know, and we sat there and we had a talk where I had to admit that I didn't know how to do this. And they said that they didn't expect me to know, you know, and that we were it was it was such a I mean I hate it because it was like such a role reversal. It was them like being calm and telling them what they telling me what they needed from me rather than me knowing what to do for them. Um, that's why I bring up the levels because I had to grow this relationship with them in order for me to even be at that place on that next level to need them to teach me to stop rage hacking. <laughs> well, that, that takes a lot of trust on both of your, both of you guys. You know, they get a trust that you can handle them being candid with you and that it's coming from love, not because they're just being critical of you as mom. And you got to trust that what they're saying to you is because they do love you and care about you. Not that they're trying to point out your flaws or your weaknesses, but simply because they don't want to see you hurting. And, you know, when, when I talk about grief and grieving, it's such a complex thing, but unresolved grief definitely is a symptom of depression and anxiety, but resolved grief is a symptom of connection. I mean, when people connect with one another and share oh, the thoughts and wait, feelings. Wait, I got to write that down. Just saying, you just have to say that one more time. Resolved Resolved healing. grief. Yeah. Okay. Resolved grief is. Yeah. Like connected. unresolved grief is, you know, anxiety, depression. But resolved grief is, is an, not an example, but is a result of connection. So when you open up and, you know, allowed your girls, you know, and I don't know who it was, I was just assuming your two girls were, but allowed your kids to um, share what, you know, their worries, concerns, their mom, you got to quit freaking out. Are you okay? Now tell us what's going on. Allowing them, like you said, having the relationship worked on these past five years to get to the point where if they're bringing this up, you're like, that's not like them to say something like that to me now in our relationship. Because you have to have a really trusted relationship that the other person can handle who you are, 
handle what you're going through and that ultimately by you talking to them would help you feel better not be you know having unresolved grief and those communications is what helps people get out of it it sucks as a mom to feel like you're not the calm one in control um and it's pleasing for a child to see that but 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 then I also right no they love it the evidence I, is in yeah. but then what um there was some somewhat of a win in there in that they came to me and looked at me in the face and just said tell us what's wrong um you know and they those kids man they know not to ask questions they make statements like they're way faster learners oh yeah um and they even make statements and i'm trying not to tell them but the statements are too good (laughs) (laughs) they're they're saying like mom we know you're having a rough day if you don't feel like talking to us we probably understand we'll just go over here and mind our own business but if you did want to talk to us about your day we'd love to listen you're like fine i'll tell you <laughs> like what mom's gonna turn that down it's that, so that true it's so like true. about your day you know like yeah sink line and hooker it's like sh- they got you again they're gonna get it's you to talk so it's so so true i so you know one of the things that i just that i learned that i want to express in this in this episode is that anxiety i don't think it has to be a label i don't think it has to have a certain definition i think we just need to know that it's um that's a thing that when we talk about it it does diffuse it and that it's not a sign of weakness and that it can i like what you said that it definitely can lead to connection if you know if you can let people in i think that it's human to feel the feelings that i had going into these two challenging experiences experiences that are still challenging for me um but i'm not trying to hide hide it my my concerns or um we're all kind of aware of how how each other feels yeah the best way to get anxiety out is to share that you're having so much anxiety you got to get it out Sometimes just telling someone's like, okay, uh, full confession. Like I'm like low key, like having a panic attack right now. And you know, you'll get better at dropping those little, you know, those little nuggets of people to give them a little heads up that, you know, you're in a place that may not be a place that they're going to easily read you. I know when I'm around people that work with me or people that I'm having to work with on something, if they're having lots of anxiety, Oh my gosh, it's like someone's, pumping it directly into my veins i'm like please whatever you got going on (laughs) can you just tell me like it's going to be okay like because like i i'm feeling all of it and i can't focus on what we need to do and and sometimes you know i i I haven't approached that right sometimes i've said things like what's wrong i feel that something's wrong they know that something's wrong but for me to say what's wrong that wasn't the right approach obviously we've i've gotten better throughout the years and now if i'm feeling someone's anxiety i'll look and say listen 
I got a lot of anxiety right now, but I'm having a hard time telling like how much percentage of mine, how much is yours. Do you have, <laughs> do you have a day that possibly is giving you, I don't know, maybe like a couple things that you're worried or concerned about. And usually it's like, ha ha, there's a lot of things. And someone explains all the things they're anxious about, which makes them less anxious. And now that I know what they're anxious about, I can separate my own ego, my own, they're not happy with me, or I did something wrong away from our conversation. We can get back to the task at hand. I like that. So, you know, usually people that we're close to, particularly in our families, we can sense that anxiety. Um, maybe you don't say, hey, you're having anxiety, knock it off. <laughs> so I really like your approach better, as usual. <laughs> um, yeah, or sometimes the best way of doing it is telling someone before you start out a meeting and conversation, say, listen, before we get started, I just want to let you know, I didn't have a lot of sleep last night, if that was the case. or I've been really stressed and anxious. I've had a really rough day. So if I don't give you a response that's like super bubbly, like, you know, like I'm looking like, if I don't give you a response that doesn't look like a glamour shots from the mall back in the eighties and nineties, we're like sparkly and all happy. It's because I have been tired, hungry. I'm going through some things. It allows people to acknowledge that, okay, if there's something wrong, that they're not the reason for what's wrong. Even if they might be part of the reason what's wrong, if we need to work with someone, it doesn't help to dump all of our stress and anxiety and worries on them to make them now be the person that's spotting us and carrying it with us. It's best to just acknowledge it, put it out there, say, hey, you know, if I, if I look a little weird or whatever, I'm stressed, tired. And then you might get the person, this happens quite often, where someone will come back like, oh, no worries. Like, yeah, I get it, man. I've had a rough day too. So if I look that way, you teach people how to communicate how they're showing up. Instead of just expecting people to show up and they get pissed off that they show up with an attitude, sometimes it's best to put out there that if you have a little, you know, a little, little crusty look on your face, it's because of these specific reasons. And then sometimes they'll pick up on that. You know, I, I, I'm tired too. So if I give you the same, my bad, I, I apologize. Really great way to teach people how to do that. Here's the, the last thing I want to mention. One thing that I did not appreciate. Um, when I shared what I was stressed about and somebody responded with, why are you upset about that? Or that's not your problem. Or you don't need it. You know, you're overreacting. Yeah, you, um, you, you've gone through so much worse. This is nothing. Like just because you've lost a child, not everything else, you don't feel anything unless it's trauma. <laughs> So I think that when somebody does open up about to you about anxiety, even if you think it's not that big of a deal, it's a good idea to say, no, I can see why that would be bothering you. Um, don't, don't dismiss it. <laughs> yeah, put yourself good. in their Birkenstocks or a sheet <laughs> Adams or, you know, Nikes, whatever uh, shoe you're wearing. Oh boy. Anyway, I got, well, I got you. that stuff behind me. So I'm ready for the next time I got to freak out. Well, thank you for that, Heidi. And also thank you for just being so open with everything that's going on in your life. And I know it's, you know, five years coming up and who knows how much we'll talk about this in the upcoming weeks on the podcast. But I'm so glad that you're willing to open and talk about these things. Cause yeah, I mean, you've had this horrible, huge thing in your life happen, but you still got to deal with day-to-day -day stress, day-to-day -day anxiety. And to separate the two, it's like, which one am I freaking out about versus which one do I really need to talk about? I need to work through because this is like 
a, a personal thing that's going on versus just me being in a bad mood. And you've come a long way in that category. So you're still leading the Don't Freak Out Warriors Brigade. <laughs> As the number one figure outer, yes. Yeah, you'll be the chief, uh, chief operating officer of the anxiety militia. You're out to just That's right. demolish anxiety. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, you guys, um, I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh, I know that anxiety is something that everybody deals with. Or, you know, if it's not you, it's certainly people that you're surrounded with. So hopefully those are some things to think about um, to help you handle it better and to help create the connection um, rather than break down those relationships. So, you know, as always, like I said before, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing about the podcast. Um, and thank you for helping us to light the fight. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.